what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. February 14th, 2020, episode number 119. Happy Valentine's Day, Oh, Carter. I was... Ah, uh, beat ya. I was going to say, Jinx, you owe me a Dr. Pepper. No, I, I don't owe you nothing. <laughs> you would never give up a Dr. Pepper anyway. Uh, what's going on, man? You got big plans for Valentine's Day? You and the honey pie? I do not. I do not. We actually celebrated earlier in the week. Uh, we don't like the, the craziness of Valentine's night. You yeah. know, trying to get a table at a restaurant. It's so ridiculous. We went to a movie and dinner... Uh, earlier in the week i got to hang out with my daughter one night so that was cool too before she was going to she's going to denver to see my mom and my grandma on that side of the family and uh so it's just been a good week and i'm actually home this weekend you don't need to celebrate valentine's day on valentine's day because if you're truly in love every day is valentine's day Devin's gonna be so happy to hear that no she won't she'll just roll her eyes and laugh at me um <laughs> no it's yes i'm sure lots of people get excited about it but i am definitely not one of those individuals um you want to talk some flat track you, what well hold on you get excited about halloween yeah halloween's my favorite that's that's the best holiday in the whole year i think besides right, besides the start of the season in daytona which besides, i consider i yeah, consider I that a holiday which is 29 days from right now. Yeah, like all my old NASCAR friends are talking about Daytona Day, Daytona Day, Daytona Day. Like that's happening, I guess, this Sunday. That's just, that's nothing. The real one is in oh, March. Sick. Yeah, and there's going to be two races in one day, the Daytona 200 and the Daytona TT. I'm still not really excited about the 200. I might be when I get there, but I'm, I'm well, more excited to watch the TT. Well, I am too, but it's... I've actually never been to the Daytona 200 that I can remember unless I was a little kid watching, you know, my dad or something race back then. But I don't remember going to the Daytona 200 because it's always like it was always the Sunday after. And we always left town. The Grand Nationals used to be on Wednesday night and Thursday night. We'd leave town, head towards home, you know, or catch a race on the way home or something. So it's going to be your first 200. See it. It might be maybe first one since I was a little kid. So, yeah, I got you. It'll be fun. It'll be different, you know, and I I just hope Danny Eslick wins if. If he gets to ride, I think he's riding the 200. I heard he might ride the 200 and the TT in the same day. Damn it. So before we get off of that, 29 is a good number for me. I like the 29. Jake Matai is a friend of mine from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He's got the, or he had the 29 for quite a few years. He doesn't have it anymore, the national number. Charlie Italia, I raced against him. He had it for a couple years. Before that, a good friend of mine, Scotty Adams, had it until 1991 when he got paralyzed. Before Scotty Adams, another Oklahoma guy, Randy Cleek, had it. And probably one that everybody remembers is Larry Palmgren. Palmgren was a, a pretty fast guy back in the day and, and as before my time for sure. So those are some of the, the big names that stuck out for national number 29. Damn, the history on the 29 runs deep. Well, I've got one more for you. Oh, boy. So my hero, my hero in life is Doug Wolfgang. I mean, I've got a hero on flat track. That's Ricky Graham. My hero in life is Doug Wolfgang. Wolfgang ran the 29 for Weikert's Livestock when he was racing out of Pennsylvania for quite a while, and he won hundreds of races in the sprint car number 29. So had to throw that one in there, too. You got a pretty badass Wolfgang helmet I saw in your uh, helmet collection. Yeah, I actually got hurt at Jeeps where you went to with me. And Doug Wolfgang heard about it, sent me a Doug Wolfgang helmet, and he told me to wear that helmet because it was a top-notch bell helmet. 
you know, at that time it was like a $1,200 helmet. And then he had Bell Helmets send me a brand new Bell and I had it painted. And, I, and until I got that helmet and got it painted, I wore the Doug Wolfgang helmet and it's in my helmet collection isn't, right now. Isn't that the one with the star and why you wore a star on your helmet? That is correct. Yep. Uh, so little, the gold star. Uh, little piece of Scotty Dubler history there for you in case you ever see it on Jeopardy. Or in the Thunder Press magazine. Or in the Thunder Press. Did you talk about it there? I think Sammy Sabedra did. Oh, nice. Actually, they, they might have taken that out. I, I think they might have edited that out a little bit or changed it up a little bit. Uh, but so the gold star, the whole theory behind the star is to be a star, you must know you're a star. So he put uh, a star on his helmet. And go. his were always gold, metal, you know, gold flake. Gold leaf, I guess I, I can't even think of it, but uh, I, I put stars on all my bikes and all my helmets from that day forward. There you go. I got my uh, copy of Thunder Press. Did you get yours? I have not yet. Oh, it's uh, in the mail. Hopefully, I'm they're sure. on the way. She, yeah. Jo- Joyce said she's sending a box to me, so yeah. hopefully, it gets here real soon. My family's wanting to uh, see the real, you know, the hard copy. Uh, Joy put a post on Instagram earlier in the week, and it's really cool. I saw you post it earlier in the week. And I can't wait to get mine. I'll tell you what, man. It's uh, it's cool. You know, I've seen the, the outline of it that she sent before it was went to print and everything. So we got to see it. Seeing it, holding it in your hands as a magazine, it's a little different and pretty badass. And I, I mean, I just have like a little quote and a little picture. But the whole damn thing's about you. So that's got to be super cool. Probably one of the coolest things that I've had done to be recognized, you know, yeah, and dude. to have an article written about you. I'm, I'm honored. It's good stuff. Um, what else happened? Whoa, a few things happened to Flat Track this week. Let's talk about it. So earlier in the week, a text went out and an email went out and AFT limits the entries for the AFT singles class. On the TTs, there'll be 48 riders can enter, 32 at short tracks, half mile and miles. And so that kind of shrinks the field down a little bit. So to me, they're wanting the riders to get signed up right now. And it's kind of like a first come, first serve. So the smart singles riders, if you're listening, send in your entries for every race right now. I got to ask you, Scotty, how do you feel about this? Personally, I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit because I don't like it. That's just me. I like it when we could, anybody could show up, sign up and race if you had a license. Yeah. Uh, That's to me, that's old school flat track racing. I understand why they're doing it. Time constraints limits the bikes on the track which should hopefully make the tracks better for the main events yeah kind of get that part of it but you know i liked it when people had to show up and race their way in from the start of the day until they got to the main event so yeah it kind of changes limits that a little bit yeah it kind of changes the whole idea of that um i knew we knew that they were going to be doing that in the super twins right with the 18 18 riders making every main event I didn't think it was going to trickle down to the singles, but I guess they're they're making that happen before we get started here in March. Um, there's a lot of buzz on social, as there always is when any AFT press release comes out. Uh, but like we always say, you got to wait and see how it pans out. Yeah, what you read is maybe not always true. I mean, I like having the idea of having one of the you know the people from AFT come on here because I'm just telling it how I see it. I'm mm-hmm. just the announcer, but you know I would rather have it where you got to race your way in. I do like it though. It's less bikes on the track, which should hopefully make for better racetracks when we get towards later in the day, when the tracks need it, when they can keep the moisture in the tracks, when they keep them smoother and so forth. So I see the good in it. I also see a lot of bad in it, but that's just me and we'll wait and see how it unfolds. You're the old guy that doesn't like to change. 
Are you calling me old because I've got an article, uh, 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 an interview on me? No, now? that doesn't that make doing? you old. All the years you've been alive is what makes you old. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not too far behind you. Um, there's some other big things that happened this week. The Yamaha news. That's pretty crazy. That's huge. It's yeah. you know over four hundred thousand dollars up for grabs in contingency. That's that's humongous. I mean. Yeah. Will they pay all that? Absolutely not. Is it available to be paid? Absolutely it is. Right. So that's dangling a huge carrot out there for people to go out there and ride a Yamaha. That's what it's for. Yeah, they're not only putting that up either. They're also sponsoring the uh, Atlanta Short Track. So did they do that last year? I think they sponsored a race last year too, right? Yeah, be- because the, the USA office has moved from California to Atlanta, I think that's probably why they got a lot of employees going to be mm-hmm. there. So, they, of course, they want to sponsor that event. So, yeah, they did sponsor it last year. A friend of mine, Derek Brooks, actually works for Yamaha. Uh, it's cool to hang out with him when we go to Atlanta. So it's cool that they're kind of getting back in, dabbling their foot in a little bit more and more. Of course, Corey Texter won the production twins on a Yamaha. So uh, why not? You know, I, I like it. Badass. Um, yeah, and you've seen all the folks down here in Florida, Corey Texter being one of them. Uh, like you've seen Briar, Bronson, and Shayna down here, Vandercoy, uh, Robinson, Rispoli, Wells, even Brian Smith, I think, was down in Georgia doing some um, doing some testing, and of course, Mies. Uh, so I, they're all getting ready. They're all getting into, into race shape down here in the Sunshine State. I'm getting excited, man. We're, we're less than a month away from Daytona. Absolutely. Also, we saw Joe Cop and Rispoli kind of working together a little bit. We'll try to yeah. get more details on that. But so I think the, the way that all falls together is Rispoli is riding for latest motorsports or latest Harley Davidson. And that's who sponsored Joe Cop for many, many years. So gotcha. maybe maybe he'll be like a rider coach or just be a mentor to Rispoli or maybe he's going to be the team manager. We'll try to get some more information on that. But uh, I think it's cool that Joe Cop's you know, sticking around uh, the greatest sport in the world. Yeah, I love it, and I think we should put together a list of uh, folks that we want to talk to leading into Daytona. Get, get, you know, get everybody a little hype leading into that TT and the start of the season. Uh, if you have any suggestions or people you want to hear from, shoot us a DM, shoot us a text, comment on any uh, any posts, and we'll, we'll get that list together and uh, put that because you're going to be pretty damn busy leading up to Daytona. So we may have to put some of these in the can, right? It is getting really, really crazy. I'm going to be in Colorado early next week. I'm going to be uh, doing some ice races. Uh, I think I've got Moline coming up. i got Sioux City, Iowa coming up. And then I'm going to head on down to uh, Savannah, Georgia for a couple days and then on to Volusia. So it's going to be really busy. So we're going to have to record some of these in advance. And uh, maybe we'll check in with some different riders. What did you get in the mail this week? Uh, Thunder Press Magazine. More importantly. Uh, everybody got that in the mail this week. Our T-shirts, man. Yeah, what do you yeah, think of them, man? Dude, they're badass. The the I was actually like, I'm not gonna say I was nervous because you know they said premium quality. I expected them to be pretty nice. They're pretty damn nice. I like them. How many did you get? Uh, I may have gotten four or five shirts. <laughs> I I I did buy three for myself. I yeah. bought one for my girlfriend. I bought one for my daughter. I may have bought one or two for some top listeners. We'll just leave oh, it at that. Nice, good stuff. Now I like to have a, a few uh, on standby, and I wanted one of every color, so I had to had to get a, a decent amount. So yeah, that's a pretty nice quality shirts. I like the the color selection, um, and uh, we'll have to figure out you know what the next design looks like if and when we do some more t-shirts, which I'm pretty sure we will. I'm pretty sure too. So so this guy we're gonna talk to has won several amateur championships. Yeah. Several state of California championships on two wheels and four wheels. And he just raced last weekend in Portland, Oregon at the One Moto Show. 
He's a busy guy. He is a busy guy. AJ Kirkpatrick. Number 12. So he was a guy I helped out in Paso Robles last year. I've uh, watched this guy race for the last you know three years in the Super Hooligan Series, and he's a hell of a guy, and, and I want to know more about him. Calling. Hello. Hello. Who's this? AJ Kirkpatrick. <laughs> What's going on, man? What's happening? How come how come your list is number twelve and twelve K? I mean, are you are you confused or does it matter which bike you're riding or what? Well, that's a, that's a kind of a well. I used to carry the twelve K when I was racing uh, late models and sprint cars and modified stuff like that four wheel cars, and okay. I kind of carried right. it over flat track with me. And during the super hooligan thing, we just dropped the K and and stuck with the twelve. So now it's a super hooligan national number twelve. All right. I like it. So I haven't seen you since Johnny Murphy's race out there in Paso Robles and uh, just wanted to check in with you. How you been doing? I've been doing great. How have you been doing? Man, I've been doing good. Uh, did you open your Dr. Pepper before I called? Because I haven't heard you pop the top yet. Yes, sir. It was already open and ready. I've had a couple of them. I've, I've only had like three or four today. I lost track already. But, you know, I got to I got to keep that in my veins. You know, I don't want anything else in there to rest the pipes or nothing. So Dr. Pepper, it is. Exactly. That's the only thing running through these right here, man. Dr. Pepper, that's for sure. A little bit of water every once in a while. But... Every once in a while. Yeah. Not, yeah. Maybe just during race days. But that's it. So, you know, let, <laughs> let's talk about Murphy's race just a little bit before we move on and get to know you. Uh, we had a good time that day. I think it was 105 in the shade during the daytime, but then it dropped to like 60 degrees at night. And you guys are out there racing in your full you know, motocross gear and some people wearing leathers out there. It was, a, it was a cool night though. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit warm. Um, but thankfully we got through it. Um, and, uh, you helped me work on my bike that night. I had carburetor issues. And, uh, that was a, that was a, that was a fun one. We were wrenching on that thing in about 160 degrees. So yeah, it was, it was fun. Thank you for, thank you for helping me. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and, I had, uh, and, yeah. go ahead. You know, and, and yeah, we just got through that night and uh, everything was great. Uh, Johnny running his race down there in uh, Pass Robles went real well. I'm sure they're going to be doing that again next year. And, uh, you know, like I've just been racing with that guy my whole life. So I had to go down and support him in full support. Absolutely. I actually had to help Jordan a little bit more than you because he was, well, actually, you and both of you guys were running both classes. And I think I was holding bikes in the staging area. You jump off one bike and jump on another one. So it reminded me of the good old days when I was first starting. You know, you have to, you get off of one motorcycle and, you know, jump on your bigger bike or your smaller bike, whatever the case may be, and go right back out on the track. Yeah, exactly. Jordan was riding uh, one of my 450s in the pro class. I was riding the vet expert class. And, uh, uh, Jordan got squeaked out by Jeffrey Carver by about, I don't know, two inches at the, at the line there at the end. And, uh, I lost my race by a couple feet. So, uh, we both ended up second that night, which was a real good night. And, uh, took it from there and, and ran the super hooligan race. And I think we ended up uh, second and third that night too. In the yeah, was, that was a lot of fun. That's for sure. So let's go back in the day. Let's, let's get to know AJ Kirkpatrick. So where were you born? Right here in Salinas, California. Is are all the fast guys born in Salinas? <laughs> a lot of them come from here, man. It's a, it's a, it's a really good uh, stomping grounds for flat tracking, and uh, a lot of fast people to uh, to carry on and, and uh, try to try to make happy. No kidding. I mean, is there something in the water, or why are you guys so fast? What what is it in your opinion? 
like I said, I drink Dr. Pepper, so I don't know. If it's in the okay. water, it, they must be drinking, you know what I mean? <laughs> Same thing as I got going on. I got you. But, All uh, right, so well, what was it like growing up in Salinas? Like you said, there's a lot of fast guys there. Uh, did Is it, you know, a typical city to grow up in? Yeah, it's a typical city. Just, uh, I mean, kind of country out where I was living and a lot of riding and, you know, so you get to kind of do what you want to do. And uh, parents bought me like a little PW50 when I was younger and started banching around my property and getting to learn how to ride it, you know, four years old. And then a uh, local short track over in Monterey started up and I we went over and started racing it in uh, 1985 won the first championship and fell in love with flat track racing wow so you were four years old when you first raced yep four years old hit the racetrack yeah wow so who who was it that got you onto a motorcycle I mean was it something that you wanted to do or was it your parents uh, my stepdad, he was from Michigan. He raced a lot of ice back in the day. And, um, that's what, you know, he's like, let's go ride. So got into that. And then the flat track thing is he's like, let's, let's try this. And, uh, it just suited me well and ended up, you know, clicking off a few wins here and there right off the get go. And, you know, once you do that and you get a big old trophy and you're four years old, the trophy's bigger than you are, you're pretty much hooked. So, I mean, that, that's where I started. Okay. So what kind of tracks did you learn to ride on? I know, you know, it just depends on what part of the country you grew up in, but Monterey and some other tracks around there, are they hard pack tracks? Are they loose tracks or, you know, TT tracks or what did you first learn to ride on? Monterey short track was a, like a cushion, um, little oval. Um, and then we had one in Hollister called Bellotto park. It was a hard packed clay and we ran a TT like a, uh, like kind of an hourglass looking TT. And then there was past robots where Johnny Murphy and all them ran and it was a hard packed little clay oval. So we had variety of, of stuff going on. And then I ran a lot of the GP. I ran some motocross stuff at the GP track up in Hollister Hills when I was younger and okay. you know, the 85 expert and stuff like that class. So, wow. so what is it about motorcycle racing that appealed to you? just the thrill, the never know, um, always on the edge, you know, that not having nothing around you, you know, if something happens, you're going to know it. And then the competition, the competition's stacked, you know, these, these guys, they're, they're talented at what they do. And, um, especially the guys I've been racing with lately, uh, they, they just, they're hard chargers. They, they, they come out of nowhere and, um, they just they get it done. So okay. it's 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 hard to it's 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 fun and it's just it's a learning curve at the same time. It's it's a whole new experience. Right on. So I got into racing because my dad, and my grandpa, my aunts and uncles all raced. Did anybody else in your family race bikes? Was it your stepdad that had a race team, or was it your grandfather? My grandfather. He actually started the race team. Him and my my stepdad convinced him to. He had the money to start it, so you know he owned a little seafood restaurant and uh, supported the supported our little habit. Okay, so who all was on the race team? Uh, my cousin Jeremy, my cousin Aaron, and me. Uh, we were we were the ones that were on the team, and you know we ran eighties, two fifties. I even ran six hundred road taxes. Uh, just that's all kinds of different stuff. They he had a variety of bikes, and as we were coming up, we got to ride the bikes so okay was, was their last 
Was their last name Kirkpatrick like yours? No, no. Their last name was actually Twit. T W I T T. Okay. All right. Because I just I'm trying to familiar familiarize myself with them, and I, I guess maybe that's before I uh, start announcing. Probably I was probably racing around the same time. So, um, how long did the team exist? I mean, how long were you guys all on the same team? Oh man, it was not long. I mean, I was I was young. It was probably eighty five to ninety ninety one, ninety two, maybe. Okay. And then my cousin got hurt. Yeah, my cousin ended up breaking his back at, at, actually down in Paso Robles. Um, okay. For some reason, the, the grader was parked off the corner and no hay bales or nothing around it. He came off the bike and hit the blade of the grader and, and uh, got him. Man. No big deal. So, I mean, it was it, it was a broken – he broke his back, but he's, he's walking and everything. So okay. it just – it kind of – it got the – it got the – it got my grandpa to say, oh, we'll sell that team and go car racing. And that's when – I ended up going car racing. They didn't really want to go car racing. So that's where the sprint cars and the late models and all that stuff come from. Well, you can't just hop off a dirt bike you know, or a flat tracker and just jump in a sprint car and start winning. You have to kind of go through the ranks, just like you do on a, on a motorcycle. You started, you know, 65s or 85s back when we were racing, probably, you know, 60s or 80s and then up to 125s. So in car racing, did you start, you can't, you shouldn't just start out in a sprint car. Did you work your way up through the ranks too? Yeah, we worked our way up through the ranks. We went out to the local track and bought us like a local street stock, you know, one of the local Camaros, um, put it on the track for a year or two, jumped up to the Modifieds. Um, we won a championship in the Modifieds and then went to this thing called Super Late Models. It's funny because it's Super Hooligan, Super Late Models, um, <laughs> and traveled all over the country with it, um, Florida, North Carolina, Georgia, um, a lot of West Coast stuff did really well in that. It's just, we never really went for points. We were just always kind of bouncing from East coast, West coast, racing with all the big names, uh, picked off a lot of wins in that. And, um, then I started off tinkering with sprint cars, went to a wingless sprint car, flipped that thing a couple of times, went to a wing sprint car, you know, one, one local show and did a couple other things. And then kind of the race car thing in California kind of fizzled out. Uh, my grandfather passed away in 2009 and he was a lot of the support and a lot of the money behind the, the cars. So when that happened, I was kind of just doing my own thing. Um, and then that's when I kind of said, well, I'm thinking about just going out and get me a 450 and going local flat track racing. And, uh, lo and behold, went out and did that and won a championship that year. And the, and they made me start amateur and won amateur championship and then jumped up into the expert class one the expert they asked me to go to a, a pro local pro i didn't really feel comfortable enough to go local pro racing like mikey rush and stevie bonzi and all those guys is who our local pros are so i stood back in the pro and the vet class i am 40 years old so i was like yeah i'll stay back here and won another championship and then was racing with stevie and stevie was approached by Roland and Cameron for a rider for a uh, hooligan bike scene. If he wanted to ride the hooligan bike and he said, no, but I got a guy that does. And I went down and rode the bike and, uh, ever since then I've been hooked. So that's kind of my venture from cars to, to bikes. So how, you know, what, what year I guess was your first super hooligan race? The one you just talked about when you got third, how long have you been riding the super hooligan class? 
I think it was 2017, the the end of 17. And then my okay. first year was 18. And the second year was 19. And then ran, running for him again in 2020. All right. Let's talk about the 2019 season a little bit. I just looked up and you got sixth in the, in the super hooligan series point standing. So congratulations on that. And you're still riding the Roland Sands Indian team, correct? Correct. Yeah. Riding for Roland Sands, uh, Cameron Brewer, um, Indian. So very proud to be doing that for them. And, uh, just thankful to have the opportunity. So what was your best race in 2019? What was your best finish? I believe Tulsa was a fourth place finish, uh, one off the podium. It's uh, it's, it's tough to get on the podium and those things. Um, but this year I think we've made a lot of changes to the bike and, and done some things to make it a lot better and, and suit us a lot better. So we've seen a lot more podiums on the Indian FTR 1200s. Okay. That's what I was going to really ask. So their 1200s now they were seven fifties, right? We were on the scouts. We were on okay. the scout. 60, and then we went to the FTR 1200s is what we had, we have just went to them. Okay, I got you. So let's talk about the new rules package for the Super Hooligans. So you guys have to add weight to your bikes, or is that some of the other bikes that have to, you know, tell me about some of these new rules. I've been looking them up before the One Moto Show last weekend, and it looked like some people are having to add a lot of weight to the bikes. Yeah, there's a few guys out there that are kind of in a panic mode, but um, not us. We our bikes were a little bit on the heavy side, and we are taking weight away. We got them down to about four thirteen is what one of our bikes weighed this weekend up okay. to about four thirty. Yeah. Um, multiple packages on the bikes. Um, so yeah, it was pretty fun to watch the scales. It was pretty fun to stand there and watch you know people adding weight, people doing things, people you know why doesn't it go up? Why is it going down? Just just different things. Um, yeah, I think the weight rule is kind of an even up the odds for everybody if everybody's got to weigh 400 pounds. But then again, I've seen some bikes go across that scale at 510 pounds, Ooh. 520 pounds. And these guys, these, they went out and made the main. So hats off to them, man. I I, I mean, if, if you can ride it, you can ride it. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So do you get to keep one of the bikes at your house or do you have something else you ride on to, to stay fit and to stay sharp? I have a scout 60 here from, from a couple seasons ago that we had raced. And then yes, we are getting our bikes to come home. And I, like I said, I have the track here so we can, you know, fine tune and make some adjustments, talk to Cameron, run ideas off of all, all four of our teammates, um, you know, and everybody can kind of individually set their bikes up the way they want them and, we take them back they get shipped to the track and we're there as a team i got you so who all is on the team now i i, I knew you, you picked up frankie garcia this year but who who are the four members on the indian team randy bearman jeremy Choi, and frankie garcia are my teammates okay. this year for the for the 2020 uh super hooligan series and i'm i'm pumped to have them on the team i mean they're great information everybody's Everybody's very talented riders, um, old school, new school, um, road race. We got Pikes Peak guys, um, you know, everybody's on it. So we all try to get together and, you know, make these bikes as good and as fast as we can for ourselves and for Indian and Roland Sands, everybody that's helping us get there and get to where we are. Right on. So back to the rules package again. Uh, did I see there's a new rule that say no pro riders too? Is that is that something new, or is am I reading that correctly? 
that is a new rule. Um, they're saying, I guess, the pro riders are able to come in and race, but they don't receive points, but oh. they receive money and trophy and all that, but they won't receive uh, any of the points. So okay. it keeps it on, I guess, I guess a non-pro amateur, uh, non-pro super ruling level. Okay. Are you riding the whole series in 2020? Yes. Yes, for sure. Okay. What track are you looking forward to the most? Uh, I don't know. I've heard that they might add a Paris half mile with the EFT, so that's cool. my that's that's where I like to, you know, say I would shine. You know, as a flat track racer, is yeah. the half miles. We've been doing a lot of like road course. You know, like you guys were saying, um, parking lot road course stuff. Yeah, and it, you know, it's it's technical. I've never ran road course. I've never ran street bikes, but tell super hooligan so it's it's brought a whole different riding style and you know having to learn everything as we get to the track there's not too many places where you can go get a parking lot and ride your hooligan bike the cops are going to be there in 10 minutes around my house so right it's right. hard to find a practice zone you know so you got to just hit it at the track and do it but it's like that for everybody so it's nice and equal and we just keep it nice and fair Right on. Let's talk about round one. It was last weekend, and it seemed like Andy Debrino seemed like he ran the tables. He was the man to beat. Yeah, he's been hard to beat the last two years. Um, he's he's a hell of a rider. Uh, he had that thing on on kill, and he was bouncing from rut to rut better than anybody else was. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he ended up winning. I think everything he was pretty much in except electric nationals. So you know, hats off to Andy. He did a hell of a job. What classes did you ride? Just the Super Hooligan class, or did you take your 450 up there too? No, just Super Hooligan. Yeah, I just I just ran in and, and when I when I run with the Super Hooligan stuff, and I try not to, I try to fully concentrate on that one. Right on. So, what did you think of the Electric National? I, I think Sammy Halbert took the win. Andy Debrino was up there, and a friend of mine, Corey West, was up there. I think that was the podium. Did you get to see any of that stuff? Yeah, I was actually sitting on my bike as uh, watching it go down, and yeah, it was a it was a cool race, nice and quiet, uh, but uh, a lot of action. Uh, Sammy and uh, Andy and everybody was slamming. It was it was just like they were on the 450s or anything else. Just it looked just as fast, just as as it as much uh, action. So I mean, I kind of like I, I like them. I'm, I'm excited to see the next one. Have you ridden one yet? No, I have not got to ride one of those. Yeah, they look like fun, and I think just the silence would be totally different. We, uh, I can't remember who we talked to last. I think maybe James Monaco a while back, and he said he's been riding some a little bit uh, back in the woods and and doing some free riding. He said you could actually dial in the back pressure, you know, kind of to help slow you down. He said there's so many different adjustments on them. He said they were really, really neat. Yeah, he's been actually tuning on those altos and on the electric bikes for a little while. He was actually one of the riders. Um, yeah up there at the almond farm, they uh, have a nice little track and James had the Prino's bike there with, uh, I think Damon Coco riding it a couple weeks, Ooh. testing and tuning it before it went yeah. to the one show. So okay. yeah, James had quite a bit to do with that bike too. Right on. So for people that haven't been to the one show, how cool is, it? I heard there was 10,000 people there. There's stuff happening everywhere. Tell me, Tell me your opinion of the the One Moto Show. You got to go. It's one of those bucket list kind of things. If you're a motorcycle enthusiast, uh, 
bike show like you never believed. I I think it's you know sixty thousand square foot you know bike show up upper lower decks two stories indoor arena for racing pitted right outside so all you have to do is roll your bike right down the tunnel go right in the in the thing um just i mean i think it's one of the best shows that i've been to um it, it was it was fun it was action-packed it was it was exciting i mean what else can you get in the show exactly i i uh carter and i said we're definitely going to try to make it next year if we can so it's it's on our bucket list for sure um, let's talk about round number two for the Super Hooligan Series, Las Vegas during the Mint 400. And I saw in parentheses, we're going to be running a TT track or a short track, not on the Mint 400. So that's a good thing. Uh, are you, how are you feeling going into the, into round two in Las Vegas? I'm feeling great. I'm actually, uh, getting to pick up my bike on Friday and bring it home and, you know, ride it for a, a couple weeks, which this is the first time we've got to do that. And that's, that's kind of new to us this season and it's kind of getting the, to get more seat time um and with the more seat time i think we'll just be better and better so i'm kind of i'm really looking forward to it i'm looking forward to every event this year so how how big is the track at your house that you ride on i mean is it comparable to any tracks on you on your circuit yeah i mean it's about the same size as the one moto show track but uh but nice hard you know clay oval so it just it's just a nice little practice track uh, you can go shake down bikes, and I mean, a lot of the West Coast guys have cut a lot of laps here. I mean, we got a lot of laps from Stevie. I mean, been a bunch of guys out here. Uh, John Vanderlyn, a ton of guys have been out here, and uh, Mikey Rush. <laughs> so it's it's a it's a neat little track that you can you know come down, shake down a bike, and and figure it out before you have to travel as far as we do in California. Every every race tracks you know, four to five hours away from us at this point. So right, right. You know, not, not cool to show up with the bikes. It's not perfect before, you know, if you got someone to shake it down, shake it down. Right on. So I know your son's little, but does he race bikes yet? Uh, he's getting into it. He's on his little stay six and nine. He's got a little PW 50 and he's, uh, he's ripping around right now and, uh, he's, he's doing his thing, but he'll be out at the racetrack, uh, pretty quick here. Okay, and he's only four years old right now. Yep, he's only four. Yeah, and I heard, four. I, I heard he's already got a sponsorship, and he's four years old, so he's going to be a factory rider for his first race. Is that right? Yeah, he's got a little, he's got a little gig going on with Thor and uh, Holman. Has uh, hooked him up with a full gear package, and uh, you know they they fully support me with everything I do. So they had jumped on board with my son. Heard he was going to be racing a couple races, so got him in a little little kit and uh he's looking good now right on so is it something that he wants to do or is dad kind of pushing him towards it or how's that working out no dad didn't push him he's just been going to the races with me since he was about six weeks old we hit our first san jose indoor when he was six weeks old and uh ever since then i mean i haven't pushed him a bit he's always i, I want one of those and he wanted a strider so i got him a strider then he he showed everybody how he can pop wheelies and do things and that got him going. And then now he wanted a stay six. Now he's on a stay six. Now he's on a PW 50. So he's getting, he's working his way up the steps just like we all did. That's awesome, man. I love it. Um, so one thing we haven't talked about, do you have a day job or are you a professional motorcycle racer? No, not a professional motorcycle racer. I'm a painting <laughs> contractor by, by, by trade. Yeah. I, 
windmill and painting uh, business uh, right here in Monterey, Salinas, and uh, Carmel, California. All right. So you're painting houses, painting businesses, painting motorcycles. What do you paint? Houses, uh, buildings, custom homes, uh, commercials, whatever, whatever anybody needs painted. We just we're an all-service paint company. That's awesome. So, do you watch the AFT races, or do you get to go to any of the the Grand Nationals? Actually, yeah, we go. I went to two or three last year, and then uh, went to a couple of Stevie Bonzi, your local ones, and then uh, yeah, watch every single one of them. Die hard. So- Right on. So what are you thinking about the 2020 season Super Twins class? I mean, you, you talked about Super Hooligans. You talked about your uh, Super Late models. So we got Super Twins here for 2020. Yeah, it's going to be a good class. I mean, I, I'm still kind of just waiting to see how that's going to all pan out. And uh, I, I've got my uh, singles guy. I think Mikey Rush is going to do it on the uh, on the Essence and uh, Yamaha. So. Mm-hmm. That one's gonna. That's my pick for this year. And um, uh, the Super Twins, I I don't know. Wait and see. All right, I got gotcha. you. Are you excited about any one of the particular Grand Nationals, or do you just like watching them all? I just can't wait till the fiftieth for uh, Sack. Yeah, that's gonna be really Sack cool. I, I'm excited about that one too. Yeah, that's gonna be cool to go to. I can't wait to be up there, uh, stay the weekend up there, and maybe run some of the amateur stuff if they have an amateur mile for us this year. Okay. How far away is Sacramento from you? Uh, hour and a half. Hour and a half oh, drive for us. That's that's not too bad. California's a big state, so that's pretty close, right? Yeah, it's actually one of the closest tracks, but we don't. It's you know one time a year, so you know it, that's all we get to go up there and, and race it. Everything else is either L.A. or clear up north. I got gotcha. you. Do you ever race the Lodi the Lodi Cycle Bowl? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Lodi is one of our tracks we hit um, probably four or five times a year. Cool, right on. Well, we're already to the part, and it's Graham's question. I know you listen to our podcast. You know Graham's my grandma, and she told me I, I have to call her before all the podcasts and, and get a question, but she says she doesn't really know you, but she would like to mm-hmm. meet you at some point, so she's going to try to go to the West Coast races, and uh, she says if, he, if, if she sees you, she's going to come up and say hi. But she says the hooligans seem to be heading towards more of a professional level now that they're sanctioned by ama do you like the direction that they're going in or would you like to see it more of a craziness hooligan racing like it always has been well i mean it's still crazy there i don't think it's ever going to go full professional I mean, we're professional at the same time we're still hooligans so uh, i think it's going to stay you know crazy and uh kind of got to see where that one's going to go all right all right i like it so now we're at the rapid fire questions so tell me the first answer that pops into your mind are you ready well, you better take a sip of Dr. Pepper first, because I just did. So, uh, here we go. Favorite bike you've ever ridden? Uh, my CR250, the the factory Honda one. Okay, so we talked about that before we started recording. So, tell me about this factory Honda bike that I think you uh, kind of got from Johnny Murphy. Is that right? Yeah, when I was about 12 years old, Johnny ended up with three of these bikes from factory Honda somehow. And uh, his dad was, you know, asked my stepdad if we wanted to buy one and we were fortunate enough to be able to get one from him. And I've just had it my whole life and it's been an awesome bike. I've won many, many races, a couple championships on it and been fortunate enough to keep it, you know, with me, uh, and in my collection. So that's probably my favorite bike to ride. Cool. And it was in a museum for a little while, right? Yeah, it was actually in Clovis, California and Dan Ritz museum. And then right before he passed, uh, 
he called up and uh, asked me if I wanted it back and we actually got to get it back from him. And I was real fortunate for that. That's cool. The next rapid fire question is what's your favorite track? Now this could be motocross. It could be road race. It could be sprint cars. It could be whatever, any kind of track. So what's your favorite racetrack? Probably Newman, Newman, California. All right. So I'm not from California. I don't know what Newman is. Is it uh, motorcycles? Is it a flat track? What do you, what, what is it? Just an old riverbed track. That's, that's super fast clay, little quarter mile, uh, it's just it's it's a fun track always nice and smooth fast full of traction so anybody that's ran it knows about it okay so who's your favorite pro rider to watch race probably mikey mikey rush right now he's he's okay. he's killing it right now and um, it's fun to watch right on who's a better painter you or jordan graham Ooh, me at houses jordan at helmets all right, I'll, I'll let it slide on that one. That's kind of a politically correct answer, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to go up against Jordan on painting helmets. He's a badass at painting helmets. He, right. he definitely takes a cake at that. So you're just like me. You've been in flat track and off and on your whole life. Who is your favorite flat tracker of all time? I got to put Ricky Graham on that one. Hell yeah, that's mine too. That's for sure. Good answer. Uh, who's your favorite person to go bench racing with? Hmm. Do a lot of bench racing with my wife. She she's been around racing her whole life, so she knows everything. I could talk to her about it. It's fun. We talk going to the track. We talk flying on the planes. I mean, she's a she's fun to she's fun to bench race with. Right on. That's cool. I gotta find I gotta find a wife like that when I grow up. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> awesome. All right. So. What's the favorite thing you've heard ever, ever heard from a race fan? That they want to become a racer. All right. Who's the next super hooligan we should interview? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Stace Richards. Okay. Stace Richmond. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that Stace, guy. Nope. Yeah, he's Twenty-six. Yeah. He's he's a kind of an up-and-comer. He's awesome guy. He's always fun, and he's always in the mix. So I think he'd be a fun one. Yeah, he'd be a, okay. he'd be a good good one. All right. Who's the next first time champion in the Super Hooligan series? Ooh, first time champion, next first time champion Super Hooligan? Yeah. Well, I'd like I I'd, I'd like to say me if I there ever get here, but um you know, probably I mean Jordan's going to have a hell of a year. I think Jordan's going to be good. There's going to be some there's going to be some hard guys that this this young kid David that came out uh, he's he's fast. Uh, Tony Alves is going to be fast. Mm -hmm. uh, there's five guys. There's there's really five or six guys right now. It's 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 kind of a crapshoot, especially where we're sitting in points and the new points rule with like Andy can win every race and he still doesn't matter in points. So that really from second back, we that's all the race matters. So it's it's a it's a whole new deal. So it's it's kind of exciting to see. All right, so Andy's a pro. Is that why his points don't count? Is I mean, you lost me there. I mean, you said he could win every race, but not the championship. So, so explain. Well, that's the, that. Remember how you asked me about the new points okay. deal and okay. in the new rules. So, so he's a pro. Andy had he had an AFT card a year okay. ago. So, okay, as an AFT card holder, he's a pro, an AMA pro, and I gotcha. The new rule, I guess, he doesn't get points if he wins. Okay, that makes sense. So here's another. Tr 
Uh, tough question for you. Who's the next first-time champion in the AFT Super Twins class? He's a wild card right now, isn't he? But I, I, I'd like to see Jeffrey win it. I would, too. I don't think he's going to run every round, but I think that would be even cooler if he could do it as a wild card. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, exactly. But uh, Bronson Bauman? He's from Salinas. I know. That's what I was saying. Briar got right. it last year. Bronson this year. I, I was watching a little bit of his stuff. Him and Shana practicing. He's looking good. You know, so, yeah, I, yeah, I'll put my money on him this year. All right. Okay. Stick with your Salinas, guys. So last Heck question yeah. for you, last, last rapid fire question for you. What are you most proud of? My family, my just getting every, everything, just my kids, my wife. That's what I'm proud of. Awesome. And last but not least, uh, here's your chance to say thanks to anybody. Oh, I'd just like to thank Roland Sands, Indian Motorcycles, Cameron Brewer, Holman, Thor, Progressive Insurance, Russ Brown, Fawn Zipper, uh, bell helmets and everybody else that's helped me out there for the year right on man we definitely want to say thanks for the time i enjoyed uh you know helping you out there at the paso robles race uh it was like uh it was like we were best friends we hadn't known each other that well but i had a great time and, and i definitely appreciate the time here coming on off the groove and i wish you good luck in 2020 wow thank you very much and hey man i always need pit guys so anytime you're out there just uh, come on by and uh always got a dr pepper for you Right on. I love that part of it, too. So you pay me with Dr. Pepper. I'll be there anytime I can see. If I'm not working, I'll be I'll be in your pit area, okay? Right on, buddy. Thank you. Sounds good. I'll see you in Sacramento, if not before, okay? All right. See you there. Hell yeah, dude. We're going to party it up in Sacramento. Dude, you better show up. I know you're coming for the, you the better High show Point up. I'm going to be out there. I don't, that doesn't matter. That doesn't mean you're going to oh, come hang out. Show up for races. the flat track stuff. I got you. Yeah. Yes. No, dude, I'm gonna. I, I got a full slate planned in Sacramento. I'm gonna do lowdown on Friday after I get out of uh, whatever I need to do at the track in Hangtown. So I'll work Hangtown during the day on Friday, go to Lodi Friday night, go back to Hangtown and work that until that event's over, and then I'm going straight to the mile on Saturday. So it's gonna be jam packed in Sacramento for me this year. You, you want to throw a little more into that jam packed area? Well, I mean, they're mean? racing amateurs. They're racing amateurs on the mile on Sunday, too. I mean, if you want one more race, we can. No, I'm serious. I haven't booked my flight yet. I'll do it. Done. Okay. AJ just said I could ride his backup bike on the mile on Sunday. We're going to make that happen. No, dude, I can't. I'm retired. What should the hashtag be that we're going to have everybody trend on Twitter? Doobler's back. No, he's not. Yeah. (laughs) Bring Scotty out of retirement. Oh, man. You know, the Boltaco Astro guys have been trying to get me to do it for a long time. They Every time they come out, they hold up 4-3. Four, 4-3. Three, four, three. 43 like, rides oh. again. Yeah. I'm retired. I'm retired. That's the best one you got so far. But 43 retired. rides again. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, get it, retired. let's get it trending on Twitter. Retired. We're going we're gonna to plug the hell out of that by Sacramento. You're going you're gonna to be forced to ride. So what are you going to do this Valentine's weekend? Uh, going to watch the flat track races in Ocala. Really? Yeah. Have you have you been over there? Never been. I'm looking forward to it. That's a cool. That's a cool little track. Yeah. I've, I've actually announced there a few different times, and uh, I never got to ride there. But uh, there's plenty of fast guys down there. Uh, it should be a good show. Really looking forward to it. Gonna go out there with uh, Texter and Noah Chambers because this guy's really trying to make it to <laughs> Daytona. You laugh at this guy. He's showing a lot of improvement on a flat track motorcycle. I- I have, I'm only laughing because I haven't seen him ride, and and just 
from speaking from experience, it is hard. It's very hard to go from motocross to flat track. I don't know how in the world Sipes did it, and I don't know how in the world Jeff Ward did it so well, but I, I mean, I would love to see another motocrosser come on over it's and go a, flat track. It's fun to watch him on starts because he's always kicking everybody's ass on a start. Um, and it's like even from yeah well I mean that's the thing in motocross right you gotta you gotta, oh yeah you gotta be on yeah. the gas and, and be able to get that start um, but like he's I don't know man the the little amount I know about technique and all that shit like I can see improvement in this guy and uh, he's he's training his ass off down in Florida right now he's down here with Corey I'm seeing him running on the beach every morning, and uh, he's hitting tracks, motocross, and uh, and flat tracks just to just to kind of prep and get ready. Well, he better get his license, and he better get signed up because they're only taking 48 of them. Like oh shit, that's right. He in, he, the, he in the pre-show. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they did that because of Noah Chambers. <laughs> trying to trying to rule him out before we even get there. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's funny. I just really want to say thanks to AJ Kirkpatrick. I've been wanting to have him on for quite a while. It's been a little while since we had a hooligan on. And you know what? Still to this day, some of the hooligans podcasts have been my favorites. They're doing it for the love, right? And they're doing it to have fun. And you can just tell talking to all these guys that, that they do love it and there's a passion for it. So, yeah, super cool dude. I didn't know, like I said, going into it, I didn't know anything about him. But that's one of my favorite things. Like I always say about this podcast is you get to know the people as a... You need to get you get to know them as a person. You get to understand their passion for the sport, which I never get tired of. Absolutely, and that's why we do it. We want everybody to get to know everybody that loves our sport. So we'll have a, a never-ending list of guests because we got to get to know everybody. And there's so many people that love this. Again, thanks to everybody who listens. Smash that like button. Tell all your friends. Like us on Facebook. Share it on Facebook. And uh, Carter, keep it on four wheels on Valentine's Day weekend, and I'm going to keep it on uh, two wheels. It's actually, I'm going to take it easy this weekend, and uh, I might run down to the Dow Supercross tomorrow, but I'm not sure yet. I haven't decided. I, Man, if it, if I do, I don't know the, the next weekend I'm going to have off, so I'm probably going to stay at home watching watch it on TV. Talk big, to you next week. Big guest next week, dude. Big guest. We're not going to tease it. We're not going to do anything, but you'll want to listen. All right. I'm pretty excited. Good deal. Talk to you next week. Roland Sands and Michael Locke in a hot dog eating contest. Who wins? I don't even want to answer that. Yeah, I didn't want to ask it. <laughs> well, that was just a joke. I was totally kidding. But I was going to see if Scotty would have the balls to even ask you. It was a joke. We I, asked, put that in. I asked it for Carter. So we'll take that out.